0: It is great to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for the invitation. And uh I noticed on the little sheet that I have 20 minutes. People in the church where I serve and I have witnesses here just dream of a 20-minute sermon. That's never actually taken place. So I won't waste a minute. Let's get right into it. Lord, just come and... uh guide and direct, protect from any error on the part of the speaker, open the hearts of all of us who hear your word, and let your will be done in our lives. We love you for your goodness to us, in Jesus' name, amen. One verse out of the middle of a text, Matthew five fourteen, says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I want to talk to you about the responsibility of the church with its witness to the greatness of Christ. You are the light of the world, a city, and I notice not a house, a city. It's it's a corporate kind of an image. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. There are two ways Jesus underscores... Uh, the importance of living out that whole block of teaching we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And the first is by telling his disciples that whatever might seem at the moment and whatever persecution they might receive, if they will live out Christ's teaching, they will be blessed. Blessed are you when we know how that all follows right through the whole sermon. The second way Jesus enforces the importance of living out the kind of uh, character described in that Sermon on the Mount is the focus of this text. Right after the segment of the sermon dealing with the uh, spiritual character and quality of the Beatitudes, right after telling them that it was the best way to live after all, because it doesn't always look like it immediately, you can face persecution and suffering for following Christ, and so we need that reminder, no, no, this, this is the most blessed way to live. And right after that, he goes in a different direction and gives the picture of the salt of the earth and the city set on the hill. So you have the inward blessedness and then you have the outward visibility and witness. This idea not only of being blessed, but influencing others, that seems to be the weight of those two pictures of disciples, Christians, People of the church being the salt of the earth and the city set on the hill. They seem so important to Christ. So that we're, we're, we're a called out people. Like the salt of the earth called out from the corruption of this world that we might be a preserving influence back in it. And then there's this second picture that I want to look at. A city set on a hill. And the idea, again, seems to be one of influence, visibility, responsibility. A city set on a hill, and then he says it it cannot be hidden. People will look at you as a follower of Christ. In some way, it seems a bit different from the effect of salt. The salt, Jesus said in verse 13, can lose its savor. We don't use that word so much anymore. But it can become bland. It can disappear into nothingness in terms of really making a difference for the kingdom. Salt can lose its savor, but then he says, not so with the city on a hill. Salt can lose its savor, but he's very specific. The city on a hill can't be hidden. So the city on a hill pictures some kind of inevitability in our influence one way or the other in this world. I want to go quickly and look at what are the consequences of being a city set on a hill? First. The Church of Jesus Christ is a city set on a hill first of all by the very nature of what we profess to believe as followers of Christ. Now, Some things don't mark us at all uniquely as followers of Christ. Most people on planet Earth believe in God. So we aren't set on a hill, separate and distinct because of that belief. Lots of people do. There are many people who aren't Christians who are committed to some kind of religion and go to places of worship, so that doesn't set us apart from others. There are many people who try to be morally good, living under the dictates of love and kindness and honesty. So even those beliefs don't set us apart, distinct as a city set on a hill. But there are parts of the Christian faith that are absolutely unique, that separate us, that that just mark us as unique. I'm thinking of several. You can probably add to the list. We profess the power of salvation through Jesus Christ, God the Son. Whatever term gets used, saved, converted, born again, regenerated, we tell people that we have come to know Jesus Christ in a living, saving way. We don't just follow the teaching of Jesus the way some people follow the teaching of Gandhi. Jesus Christ comes into our lives, rules our hearts. We know him. We're unique because we believe that we are unbelievable debtors to grace. Unlike other religious systems, we don't even pretend that we could merit God's favor on our own. We don't even pretend that we could earn it. We claim that we owe everything to God. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Unique. Third, we profess to be pilgrims and strangers here on earth. We don't consider this the destination. We aren't rooted here. It's a little different than being on a journey. I know all the books now want to talk about your spiritual journey. I was on a cruise two weeks ago. Went from Florida, Nassau. It's a journey. Pilgrimage is different. You're you're returning home. You have a destination, a specific place. This world is not the true object of our thoughts. We profess that the desires and the attractions of this present world can actually hinder and war against our highest good and calling. First Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passion, passion, passions of the flesh which war against your soul. Those are just a few things, a few beliefs that mark us out as unique, a city set on a hill. Secondly, I want to talk to you about how the church influences the world like a city set on a hill. Well, we reprove the world of sin. God reproves the world of sin through a righteousness of a city set on a hill. Ephesians 5.11, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. This is not a call for Christians to sort of hunt down and hound sinners for every evil thing they do. Paul's talking about people living as a city set on a hill. This is how light exposes darkness. People see the difference. People see the contrast. Their own sin is made to appear uh, blacker and more debasing because they are looking up at least once in a while and they see a city set on a hill. But in your hearts, regard Christ as Lord Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, listen, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Secondly, God encourages others in righteousness through the example of a city set on a hill. Happens all the time. I see it all the time, even in our church. People get bound and trapped in sins and circumstances and they can't even imagine the freedom and joy that Jesus Christ can bring into their lives. And God raises up a city set on a hill. It's full of people who can come and say, I've been there. Let me tell you what Christ did for me. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, he means the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe still in the future for eternal life underline that word display Jesus Christ might display and so Jesus lifts people up you're a city set on a hill that they get to see what God's grace can do in situations this is my last point how am I doing the accountability I want to close with this because it seems to be hot on the mind of Jesus We are a city set on a hill, he said, and the city on a hill, it sits distinguished from the rest of its surroundings. It can be seen a long way off. It invites, it draws attention, and then Jesus says it can't be hidden. Salt can lose its savor, but the city can't be hidden. And here's what that means for you and me. I think there's warning here as well as blessing. Because if we, who are a city set on a hill, carry our faith lightly, thoughtlessly, carelessly, sometimes hypocritically, we do more damage to the cause of Christ in this world than a thousand atheists. Just as in a positive sense, people can see us, like Paul said of himself, as models of God's grace and power, they can also form unkind, unresponsive notions toward Jesus Christ just by my careless example. Some people will form harsh judgments on other works of God, even in the future, based on what they see in those who profess Christ among them now. In other words, there might be someone who one day will have a genuine gospel presentation made from a credible witness, but they will write that person off before he even starts sharing because of what they saw in me long before. Well, I know what you, you Christians, I know what you guys are like. You're a city set on a hill and it can't be hidden. Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, anything's praiseworthy, think on these things. The old King James used to say, of good report instead of commendable. And I used to wonder about that of good report and of course what Paul was thinking was very much like what Jesus was saying "This city on a hill that cannot be hidden people people will report on what they see in you they will talk about what they see in you people are watching salt can lose its savor but the city on a hill that can't be hidden And you and I were never given the right, not ever, to be private Christians. When I was a kid in Sunday school, we used to do this. Remember this? This little light of mine. Remember that great song of the church? I'm going to let it shine. Just remember, the light can't be hidden. One way or another, people form an impression of Christ by what they see in us. God, give us grace. God, give us grace so that whatever they think about it, the report they get of Jesus is a good one through our lives. Let's pray. There are some uh, ideas from your word that are so inclusive that they don't miss one of us. And I want my own life, Father, to reflect the glory of Jesus. I want to be a good steward of the grace of God, the way Peter says. If people don't receive Christ, let it not be because of something they saw in us. Let them be drawn to the greatness, the greatness of our living and reigning Lord. In your name I pray and I thank you. Amen. God bless you. I guess you're dismissed.